Welcome to It Just Makes Sense, a podcast by two easily distracted, higher educated former lovers that explores all of the unpopular opinions, conspiracy theories, and cult leaders that make you want to scream, It, it Just, just makes, makes Sense. I'm Sam Smith. <laughs> I'm Jeff Siebert. That was such great ASMR from you. Wasn't it? <laughs> I feel like I could be really good at it. Right? So this week, I did it. Yeah, what? Somewhat. I'm covering the case of Kaylee Anthony. Oh, good one. It's a long one. It is a long one. I didn't bring a snack. And I just want to caveat to everyone. What? I try my best to cover these large cases, but I'm sure that there's things that I might leave out. Yeah, so listen, bitches, don't read her. Don't come at me. No one ever has. No one probably ever will. (laughs) Our our (laughs) 100 listeners. You can read her. I'm trying my if best to present make, the information as I know it. Okay? If you do, make sure you do it on Twitter so I can see it. I can't. At Jeff Steve, one Evan Jeff. I can't. So again, we are at the case of Kaylee Anthony. So what was cool about this show that I watched, it kind of, um, it didn't dive too much into like each, I can't, what do I want to explain? What they did was they took each piece of like the trial and the defense, what the defense used and what the prosecutors used, and try to dive into that to see, is that something that they could further prove that Kaylee or Casey did or didn't do, or is it more with, like, that could lead to unreasonable doubt? So it kind of goes deep into that and not too much oh. into the case, okay? It's an interesting take. Yeah. So we're off to Orlando, Florida. It's present day. And we have, like I was saying, it's like a detective and a behavioral analysis um, person. So it's a detective and then someone from the BAU reexamining the case of Kaylee and why her death has remained unsolved for over 10 years. So in July of 2008, Kaylee Anthony's grandmother makes the infamous 911 call to report that Kaylee Anthony has been missing for 30 days. She says that she found her daughter's car. Well, she found her car that her daughter had been borrowing and she claims that it smells like a dead body has been in the damn car Uh, i'm not sure i know what that means like the car reeked yeah but like a dead body like like a funeral home dead body like how many dead bodies has she been around i know i don't believe yeah like is it like a sour smell i I think she just and i think in the heat of the moment she just said it. Like, yeah. it smells like a dead body's been in here. Like, it just smells so bad. Yeah. Because we'll find out later, she kind of has to, like, retract that. Oh, really? Oh, uh, yeah. okay. So, let's back up and look at the family. There's five key players here. Casey Anthony, who's Kaylee's mother. Cindy Anthony, Kaylee's grandmother. George Anthony, Kaylee's father. Or, Casey's father. And Kaylee's grandfather. And then Lee Kaylee's uncle, Casey Anthony's brother. I didn't even realize she had a brother. This is how little I kind of knew about the case. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure I remember that either. So the family from the outside looks like the average all-American family. George was a former police officer, which I didn't realize that he was a former police officer from Ohio. Yeah, I can't say That worked cases of like car theft, drugs, and homicides. Oh. And Cindy Anthony worked as a nurse. They were both in caring professions. Lee is four years older than Casey and wasn't living at home at this time. They both grew up in like a normal, loving family. At 19, Casey gave birth to Kaylee on August 9th, 2005. 
after Casey's repeated denials to other family members about her pregnancy. Wow. So she kind of hid it. Her parents knew, though, and her parents kind of pushed her to hide it as well. No from, shit. Like, family members. Because I think it was, like, out of wedlock. She's so young. Like, How young was she? 19. Oh. Um, but at the same time, it's like, okay, you hid it, but you didn't hide the... It's not like they gave it up for adoption or anything. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I found that to be kind of weird. Although... She suggests possible partners, including her then-fiancé, Jesse Grund, and another young man who supposedly died in a car accident. The identity of Kaylee's father was never publicly revealed, which I find kind of crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. So we start back at the beginning on the night of July 15th, 2008. There were actually three 911 calls from Cindy Anthony starting around 9.41 p.m., the first call, Cindy was calling to see if she could bring Casey to the police station for Grand Theft Auto for stealing her car. So she called. I feel like she called probably like the non-emergency line at first. Okay. And they were. she was just like, I just got my, finally found my car back because it, it had been like, she left it somewhere and it had been towed. And so the towing company like finally got a hold of them and was like, your car's been here for like two weeks. Oh. So they found out where the car was. And then once she got Casey to come to their house, she called the police and was like, I want to bring her in for Grand Theft Auto, which is like kind of crazy. But at this point, I wonder like how much had led up to this. Sure. There had to be something else. Couldn't have been. Yeah. She just took the car. Right. And she said that she wants to press charges on her daughter. So... They tra- that's when they transfer the call to the sheriff's office because I think like the non-emergency, they're like, let me get an officer out there. Yeah. So they had to transfer it into that jurisdiction. But while the call's being transferred, like Cindy's still talking and they have that recording. Like she's talking to people off the phone. Sure. And so you hear her say to Casey, like, my next step will be to be- get a court order to get custody of Kaylee. I'm not giving you another day. I've given you a month to bring her back to us. And, like, she didn't seem upset. She's just, like, saying, Matter like, of fact, at this point, yeah. like, this is what we're doing. Um, so then this, so I don't know if they got disconnected or what. And then there's a second call made to the sheriff's office. And once again, she's saying that she has a person in her home that needs to be arrested for auto theft. And at this point, this is when she adds on and a possible missing child, her three-year-old granddaughter. Oh, because she hadn't brought her back yet. Right. And got she goes, it. she's been missing for a month. We haven't seen her in a month. Yeah, that's a little strange. Right? So she asked for an officer to come to her house. The 911 operator asks if the child had been reported missing before. And um, at this time, Cindy Anthony said she hadn't and that Casey wouldn't tell her where her daughter is. So, like, her, the grandparents, George and what the hell is her name? Cindy. They, I don't think at this point they had realized that Kaylee was gone because Casey just hadn't been home. Uh, so they kept okay. being like, you need to bring her back. Yeah, like, you she? were living yeah. with her. We have all of her stuff, like her clothes or toys. Like, what's going on? Then there's a third call an hour and a half later because the deputies still hadn't gotten to the house. That's strange. And I don't know if it's because it's almost like a non-emergency. Yeah, I guess because it's it's Grand Theft Auto. It isn't like Like they have her at the house. It's her daughter. Yeah, it's it's not not life or death. Yeah. 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 Um, Cindy's now hysterical. And she said that she just found out that her granddaughter had been taken. And Casey said that she's been trying to find her herself, but she's been missing for a month. Um, and that's when she says that infamous line of, and we found the car today and it smells like a dead body has been in the car. 
Got it. And she goes, that's when her daughter finally admitted that the babysitter had taken Casey or Kaylee. These names being so similar. I know. I'm like, I know. So now this escalated the 911 call and finally someone got to their goddamn house. So the 911 operator asked to speak with Casey. Casey got on the phone and she says, my daughter's been missing for the last 31 days. And she just sounds like so calm. Like she's like, yeah, she's been missing for 31 days. It's been 31 days since I've seen her. Okay, that's crazy talk. Right? If your daughter is missing for 31 days and you didn't call the police yet. Yeah. So they ask who has her, and she says the babysitter does, and her name is Zenalda Fernandez Gonzalez, and she's been her nanny for a year and a half, almost two years. The 911 operator asked her why she waited so long to call and report her missing. What'd she say? Casey says she was looking for her in her own way and using her own resources. And she goes, which I guess looking, like she says in the call, which I guess now seems stupid. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Ma'am. Ma'am. Seems suspicious. Seems sketchy as fuck. So the hard part about this whole thing, too, is that since Casey waited 31 days to report her missing, the police are now that further, much further behind. behind. Like, you know, and this is one of the controversial facts of like, why did she wait so long to report her missing? Like, that was a big thing throughout the case. Um, If she was missing. If she was missing. Mm. So what another thing was that I never really thought about or with this case or had looked into before is like Kaylee seemed very much well loved like her room was full of clothes toys there was a swimming pool at her grandparents house where she was living she spent most of her time with her grandparents it's not like she was in an abusive situation right um and anyway and Cindy and George had stepped up to look after Kaylee because Casey was only 19 when she had her and it seemed like all three of them took a large part in her upbringing Two months before Kaylee went missing, Casey had started dating a new man, Tony Lazaro. Mm. She would spend a lot of time hanging out with him and his roommates, and she would bring Kaylee with her. They, um, So they got a hold of some of these roommates to try to understand the dynamic between Kaylee and Casey. Like, did they see any, think anything was weird? Did the like Kaylee come off? Um, strange in any way. They said that Kaylee was super polite, energetic, not wild. Like she was just a good little girl. And they said Casey always seemed to be like a good mom. They never saw her yell at Kaylee. She always doted on her. She always wanted to play with her. Like she was always with her. They were like, she seemed like a good mom that was very involved, which I thought was strange. (laughs) And this is just me being a petty bitch. Okay. If I was like, a roommate of a guy, like I lived in a house with a bunch of guys as roommates, I would not want a two-year-old coming over all the time Ever. to like hang out. Ever. I would be so annoyed. Not all the time. Ever. Ever. <laughs> they just acted like normal. Like, no, super fun. Like, she'd bring her over. We'd all watch movies, hang out. We'd play with the kid. What? How weird. This is strange. I don't want any of that. No. I don't even want my niece and nephew to come over now. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding, man. I love them so much. <laughs> Sorry, man. Bye. <laughs> So one of the roommates testified at Casey's trial and said that she seemed like a fun party girl, someone who would get along with Tony as well. Mm. But he also said that Kaylee was well taken care of, never saw Casey raise her voice at her, never saw her like hit her. She was always well dressed, never in dirty clothes, always super playful. 
But when Kaylee stopped coming with Casey they over to the apartment, yeah, they asked her about it because they thought it was odd. And she gave the same excuse she gave everyone that Kaylee was with the nanny. And they didn't have a reason to like not trust her. But he says it's terrifying to know now that she was missing for 31 days. And he thinks that Casey Anthony is a liar. Not that like this is impossible. However, they're, the grandparents are a police officer and a nurse. Yeah. And what is she, does Casey Anthony work? So. Like, why do they have a nanny? Right. You'll, that we'll get to that. Okay. Okay. Right. And also, like, he, they said he was a police officer in Ohio, but now they're living in Florida, so he must have been retired. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think they were. Weird. Yeah. I don't hmm. Know. Okay. So now, obviously, Casey would not talk to the show, but they did have her initial written statement to the police. She wrote it on the 16th of July, five minutes past one in the morning after the 911 call. It was three and a half pages long, and it makes it look um, like she had time to kind of think about this for a while, because in the statement, they were like the BAU investigator and the police detective that went back to look at it were like, it seems weird that she keeps saying a disappearance and not a kidnapping. Like in the statement, she keeps saying the nanny has her, right? So you would have thought she would wrote like she took her. She took her. Yeah, yeah. She like whatever. She keeps saying like the day that she disappeared, then she disappeared. Now she's dis like it's kind of strange the wording that yeah, she not used. that she was taken, yeah. Right. And um, she gave an artist a sketch um, for the nanny. They call her like Zanny, the nanny, Zanny herself. And it led to the babysitter being the first suspect in the initial investigation. But that turned up to be like completely false. Right. They found this woman. She's never even met Kaylee or Casey Anthony. She doesn't know who they are. She doesn't know how she got her name. Like it's like wild. That's crazy. There's no ties to her. No one around Casey has ever met her, heard of her, known about her. So she wasn't their nanny at all. No, she just made up this woman. (laughs) What? Okay. Okay. Weird. Right. Um. So one part in her statement, which means. Which seems so wild. She says she has done everything in her power to look for and find her daughter, including going to popular bars and restaurants. Like she wrote that in the statement, including going to popular bars and restaurants. They think she added this in so that when police would go back and look at her activities during the time Kaylee was missing, she was at these places, these bars and restaurants, she could say it was to find Kaylee. Doing a search for a kid. So like this bitch is kind of smart. Uh, kind of dumb, but kind of smart. Uh, like, you know what I mean? I mean so now, <laughs> cunning, I think is cunning, the word. Right. Really. So now the police are looking into Casey Anthony as the number one suspect. Duh. <laughs> and they obviously want to know where she's spending her time and what she's done while Kaylee has been missing. Where you been at? She said that she's been working a lot, a ton. So the police want to go with her to her job because they're thinking maybe if she's at her job, they might find a clue or it might spark a memory. Somebody might say something, something like that. that. Yep. Do you know about this? No. Oh, my God, you don't? I know about this. So Casey takes them to her job at Universal Studios. She's super calm, matter of the fact, when they get there. They arrive. They go up to the security guard booth. She gives her her name, and the security guard says he can't find an employee with that name in the system. And she's like, that's weird. Like, that can't be. That's so strange. I work here. He says, okay, well, like, who's your supervisor? I'll try to contact them. So Casey spits out a name of supervisor. The security guard looks into the computer. 
looks back at her with a confused look and was like, that person doesn't work here either. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So he asks her for the phone extension and he she gives it to him and he's like, okay, well, that's not a real phone phone number here either. Like, it's not going anywhere. So as this is happening, like, at that time that when the security guard was, like, calling, he had, like, walked with them into the building because, like, she's like, I'll show you where my office is. So he's like, all right, I'll escort you guys and, like, see what's going on. I'll talk to your supervisor. I'll clear it out. So they're walking with security guard, the police, and Casey – so they get to like a dead end hallway, like they get to the end of it and they're like, oh, like, where's your office? There's no place else to walk. And she just turns to the police and says, OK, I don't really work here. Oh, my God. I didn't know that at all. And that's when they pull her into a room and begin interviewing her. That's when the police are like, what, what the are you fuck doing, is happening? Bitch? Yeah. So she starts the interview saying she's absolutely petrified and she knows her mom is pissed off at her and she's scared she'll never see Kaylee again. So the police ask her why she purposely misled them if they're like through this whole thing at Universal, if they're trying to help find their daughter. She said she's coming back. She said that coming back to places familiar to her, she was hoping it would help trigger memories in her mind because at one point she did work at Universal, but she hadn't worked there for like a couple years. (sighs) Okay, that's weird. She also told her family that she still worked there, but she didn't. So her family had no idea where she was going every day. I always wonder how people can get away with that. Me too. It's like, but how do you have money? Like, what are are you you doing? doing? How are you surviving? How do you pay anything? How do you have a nanny? (laughs) (laughs) Without a job. So at this point, the police arrest her on the spot for child neglect. Good. They're hoping if they, they were hoping if they did this, that she would, since she had never been in trouble before, that they would, she would like get scared, freak out and, and crack and provide information on what happened to Kaylee. Good idea. This would prove not to work. (laughs) (laughs) So now with Casey in custody, investigators are just trying to find this child. They're hoping she's still alive, whatever. They start piecing the timeline together of when people say they last saw Kaylee to determine where she may be. On Father's Day, Kaylee and Casey were with her grandparents on June 16th. That's the last day anyone saw Kaylee alive. On June 20th, five days after Kaylee was last seen, Casey is then seen out partying at Fusion Nightclub, going out with Boozing friends. Boozing it up. On the next month, over the next month, she's caught on security cameras shopping throughout town during the day without Kaylee. So, like, mm, where is she? Where is she? She also got a new tattoo during this time. What was it? With the phrase, Bella Vida, beautiful life. Mm. Also, it's the ugliest tattoo I've ever fucking seen. Hilarious. <laughs> Sounds trashy. Right? But, like, you got that during the time your daughter's, daughter's missing? missing? Yeah, that's that's shady AF. So, during this entire time, Casey has been using her parents' car, but she abandons it on June 27th. June 30th, the car was impounded, and a letter was sent to Casey's parents. On July 15th, 31 days after Kaylee was last seen, George and Cindy retrieved the car and there was a terrible odor coming from the trunk. Cindy tracks Casey down at her boyfriend's apartment and drags her home. That's when she, that's when the 911 call started. Got it. Can you imagine at like 19? So she had Kaylee at 19. So Kaylee's three. So she's 21. Your mom's showing up at your boyfriend's apartment and it's like, you're coming home with me. (laughs) 
Where's the daughter? (laughs) So it was the discovery of the car that would lead to three key pieces of evidence for the prosecution. Okay, let me have The odor of the car, a single strand of Kaylee's hair, and traces of chloroform found in the trunk of the car. I'll say the hair doesn't seem like it would be that important to me, but anyways. Why? Oh, yeah. She'd been in the car. car. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. It seems like a stretch. Right. So despite not having the body on October 14th, 2008, a 19-member jury in Orange County met to deliberate on the on large circumstantial evidence collected on the Casey Anthony case. They returned an indictment. So they arrested Casey for first-degree murder, aggravated child abuse, aggravated manslaughter of a child, and providing false information to law enforcement officers. So I just was watching an episode of Law & Order where they tried this guy for murder without a body. Yeah. And I always wonder, like, like how? how? I know. The surrounding evidence has to be so strong. Right. It's like, I'm not and sure. And I, I think I feel like that's kind of what happened in this case. But yeah. then, I mean, we'll get to it. They do find her body, so... But at this point, they don't have it. Right. So she would later plead not guilty to all charges. So let's take a closer look at this car. The hard part was, yes, they had some evidence from the car. (laughs) But it had passed through so many hands, right? Sure. Like, she had abandoned it. Then it got impounded. Then it's an impound for, like, three weeks. Like, so there's no way to know if things have been tampered with, if Mm -hmm. people had touched things, if it had been taken out. And it did... And, like, did it affect the investigation? It led the door open to cast reasonable doubt, for sure. It's also contrary to to if there was still plenty of, like, if there was evidence planted, if there was still evidence there, all of these things. So the prosecution's, prosecution's theory led heavily on finding chloroform in the trunk. The prosecution believed that Casey Anthony used chloroform to kill Kaylee. It's hard to acquire, and honestly, it's not commonly found in criminal cases, which I found wild. I thought, like... Because they talk about it all the time. All the time. Like, I think it's more so in movies. In like, TV. Like, you don't really see it in real life. Because yeah. it's very hard to come by. And it's very hard to make. Interesting. Yeah. So, they later discovered that... But, however, the reason why they kind of believe this is that when they did a search of Kaylee Anthony's um, computer, there were chloroform searches in her computer. How to make chloroform? Where to get chloroform? Like, why well, would you be doing that? I'm searching right now. So if anybody dies around me with chloroform, right? They found it for chloroform, alcohol, acetone. How to make chloroform? And from the traces found in the car and Google searches found on the computer, they think. That's how the chlor- they think the chloroform was homemade. Okay, this doesn't sound hard at all. Listen. Mixture of bleach, I- ethanol, and acetone. Okay, I'm going to explain, though, in a second why it is. Oh, all right. So why use chloroform to kill a little girl? Like, why not use something more accessible? That's what the, the – def- and the defense was saying there were low levels of chloroform consistent with cleaning products, and it wasn't used to kill the little girl. The show looked into this a little further. They wanted to know if someone who isn't a chemist, right? Like Kaylee or Casey Anthony hardly finished high school. Can she make chloroform on her own in her home? So they went to a chemist who worked at a university and he claims he's never heard of someone making it at home, but he doesn't think that it's impossible or outside the realm of normal for someone to try to. Okay. So they have someone who isn't a chemist come into his lab and try to make chloroform 
Um, And it's kind of interesting to see how difficult it is to make because in order to use chloroform, you have to distill it. And that's what's hard to do. Uh, so you have to have like a distiller at home. And if you don't have that, you have to have the right tools, which are like, you don't have, like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, the average person just doesn't The average person it. doesn't have it. Got it. And for someone to then try to distill without having like the right machine, it's almost impossible. But it's like, does it have, like the, the, does it have to be distilled to be able to knock somebody out? Like, I guess I understand yeah, to be like know. proper chloroform, but don't you think just right but like would you at the same time though in these when they found these traces of chloroform could they tell was it distilled was oh, it not right. like i don't know yeah. you know okay. what i mean so they so they kind of just go through that and they say like it seems highly unlikely that she would have made this chloroform did she use chloroform so that kind of casts these reasonable doubt type things so now they start looking at the de- decomposition smell in the car. A cadaver dog searched the vehicle and picked up smells of decomposition. According to the prosecution, Casey had texted her friend about the smell, that there was a really bad smell coming out of her car and she didn't know what it was. Then she placed a phone call to another friend that the smell was getting worse and she thinks that her dad had run over something in the car- with the car. But the prosecution thinks that it was Casey's way of setting up if someone were to like mention something about the smell Why of the smelled. car, yeah. she had an excuse as to what it was. So Cindy on trial did say she did say that it smelled like a dead body of bed in the car, but that what she really meant was that the car just smelled really fucking bad. Bad, yeah. Right? And they think that it was probably came from old pizza in the trunk. So Casey Anthony had thrown garbage in the trunk of the car and forgot about it and just left it in there. And there was like half of a pizza in there. By the time they went to pull it out, like they opened the trunk and pulled it out, it was like decaying, full of maggots. Like it was disgusting. And it was in there for 12 days. So that they believe that was the smell of the, the car. Cause, yeah. So, but can dogs really distinguish between decaying trash, animal carcasses, or human carcasses? So, they're off to test, a junkyard test with a the cadaver dogs. All right. They brought a deer and pig skull that they still had sent on it. They also brought human remains with them, and then in another bag, like trash, pizza, etc., like old pizza, etc., etc. So they go and hide all of these items in different clothes trunks throughout the junkyard. Um, and then they release the dogs. Right away, the dog takes off. And I, you know me. I'm like watching this. I'm like, oh, my God. Riveted. What is he going to do? He's searching all around, all around, searching, sniffing all the different trunks. And then finally, he triggers like he found something. And it was the human remains. No so shit. the dog will only trigger when it's like actual, human, actual remains. human remains. So, um, and the trainer said that dogs are super sensitive to smell. They can even find like small drops of blood. Like they'll trigger on anything. That's crazy. Small drops of blood. Right. And the dog was not distracted by the garbage or the animal remains. So that's wild. So again, that to me, that shows that there had been a dead body in that car. Sure. Hondo Berzon. Hondo P. That there's one more piece of evidence. The nine inch piece of hair coming from the. What the prosecution believes was from Kaylee Anthony. From the car trunk, there was one strand of hair that had decomposing hair bands on it. So what that means is like when you die, your hair starts to like show decomposition on it. Bands of decomposition. 
And so they're saying that that because that strand of hair in the car had decomposition on it, it proves that there was a dead, like that came body. from a dead body. So it wasn't just a normal piece of hair that had right, fallen out. Right, right. Got it. But recent scientific evidence debunks the science that postmortem banning was used for this. There's a guy, Dr. Forrest, who specializes this. And Dr. Forrest says that a hair follicle will show de- decomposing bands if they're on skin that has been dead. And it would show up in the hair two to three days after someone has passed. But they also say that now they're showing that it could show decomposition just from being off of head, like someone's head. Uh, it might take longer to show up. But it still But can. it still will show up. It might show up like two to three weeks after rather than two to three days if it's Got on it. like a body that's decomposing. But it's not absolute. It's not definitive. I don't know, man. That one's hard. Tricky. Mm. Okay. That's why I like all these things. It's like, ah. Oh. Now you kind of see. Now it's like, Ugh. Yeah. So then they start talking to this other doctor, Dr. Henry Lee, who is a famous forensic scientist. I remember him from the OJ trial. Yeah. He was involved in this investigation as well in the case for the defense. So he was brought onto the show for an interview. He said that the trunk of Casey's car, when he opened it, did have a strong odor, but he said it smelled more like a garbage dump. He also saw the trunk liner was out and the spare tire was not there. He said that there was a ton of glue ripped up from where the trunk liner had been, and he thinks that's what led to finding trace amounts of chloroform because they used that in liner glue, like the same type of chemical whatever that they they use in liner glue. And then Dr. Lee did some research on the hair. He plucked some hair from his own students and put them into water, and after a few days saw some of the same decomposition decomposing hair bands oh for just a few days right okay he also thought it was unusual that there was only one piece of hair if a decomposing body was in there why was there only one piece of hair oh there should have like, been more he thinks there yeah. should have been more hair and he goes but that's also very minor he said circumstantially it doesn't seem good the odor the hair the core form but scientifically it's just not enough sure you know what i mean like yeah it all looks really bad it makes casey anthony look right. bad Scientifically, beyond a reasonable doubt, beyond a reasonable mm, doubt, not he so much. Think so. so, during this whole thing, right, the police are still looking for Kaylee's body. They're out looking for acres and acres of land, but they know that the odds of finding her alive at this point are very slim. So, they're begging Casey to just fucking come forward to lead them to anywhere where Kaylee could be. Immediately following her arrest, she's brought into the FBI's office to tell once and for all anything she knew about Kaylee's disappearance. So at this point, like, she's literally just been arrested. Her daughter's been missing for four months at this point. Four months. In the video, she's, like, pretty calm, normal. She's talking about how the media has ruined her relationship with her family. She tells the police that as a mother and a parent, you have that connection to your child, and in her gut and in her heart, she knows that Kaylee is still alive. Mm, that sounds suspect at best. The defense claimed that she went into an extreme denial. They say Kaylee was the love of Casey's life, and the fact that Casey knew that she was gone, she couldn't face that reality, so she created her own. I wish you guys could see her face now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that sounds like some bullshit to me. Right? The defense made that up? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> so now the prosecution is moving forward with the case with no body and only circumstantial evidence. 
until dun, dun, dun. December 11th, 2008, <gasps> Kaylee remains are found. Ooh. It was right off of Suburban and Chickensaw. Chickensaw? Chick, whatever. Chickensaw? Chicken, yeah. Right behind the Anthony's home. Mm. But like, okay, I knew nothing about this either. And this is fucking wild. Really? So it was Let a, me have it. It was a utility worker who reported to police that he knew the that he knew the woods in that area were a safe place to urinate outside. So he had pulled his truck over, went into the woods to urinate, and saw a black piece of plastic bags and noticed something sticking out of it. So he got a stick and poked the bag, and a human skull dumped dumped out of it with duct tape on the mouth. So he called the police immediately. The remains were a quarter of a mile from Anthony's home. Also, it's wild that they didn't find this earlier. Right, were, like, right. Canvassing everywhere. Like, did you? Like, did, why wasn't it found? Only a quarter mile. You think right. they would have? Like, the police never did a search around the home. Strange. It's so weird. But listen, I, this is the wild part. I can't get over it. Okay. The utility driver who found the remains, Roy Crunk, he actually had found the remains four fucking months earlier. He reported the this to crime lines and to the sheriff's department when he first saw something in that same area. He called three times in August asking why his they why the they hadn't they looked done further anything into it. it. No shit. He said that the first time he saw the remains, he was with colleagues, and they but they had. Oh, this is such backwoods Florida shit. They also found a huge snake, and they got distracted with the snake, <laughs> and he forgot about it. So that I forgot about the skull with the duct tape on it right. because a snake well, strolled by. He didn't see the skull. He just saw like the bag. Oh, saw okay. Something. Okay. But then, <laughs> and they went back to work with the snake so they could pull pranks on people. Like this is so crazy. Uh, I can't. <laughs> but later, he was talking to his girlfriend about it, and he was like, "I saw something weird, and it's by the Anthony's residence." And she was like, "You have to call the police. Like this is crazy." Yeah. So he, she pressured him into reporting it. So he did. He called. They have a recording of him reporting seeing some like weird things, possibly bones by the Anthony's home. And the sheriffs go up there and don't find anything. So Roy calls back the next day and goes like, there's also a. Um, also by the tree was a gray vinyl bag. He said, he, he's like, I didn't touch anything. Apparently the police go back and again, they didn't find anything. When they called it in, they like, Where the called hell it in. Were they like, looking? Sorry, we didn't find anything. There's been searched. They didn't find anything. So Roy calls again and was like, Listen, I'll go with you. Let me show you where the remains are. Okay. So he brought the police with him. They meet him there. One of the deputies slips and falls in the mud and gets pissed. So he just kind of like looks around and doesn't go over where Roy is, berates Roy for wasting their time and was like, we're done with you. Stop calling us. So they just didn't even look. So at this point, Roy's like, then fuck off. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he I'm tried. Not, yeah. I tried. Like, this is wild. So that officer got fired for negligence. Good. Thank he you. He should be. Right. So then, like, that's why by the, like, fourth time when Roy called, because at this point he had, like, picked up the bag with, like, a stick. And yeah. that's when the skull came out. That's when, like, shit went wild. So then, even further, the defense team went on to say that Roy Crunk altered the body recovery site when he found Kaylee's remains and the evidence were contaminated. Because 
when he was brought in during the trial to testify how he found the body and the attempts he made to let the police know of what he had found. The defense turned this around and kept badgering him on why it took him four months from the second time he told police to the third time. They even went so far to say Roy Croft was a morally bankrupt individual and that he was the one who hid Kaylee's body. <gasps> wow. And that he came forward to claim the reward, and that's why he's reporting that. Wow, that's fucking wild. I would have lost my shit on the stand if I was the guy. But the plant growth in and around Kaylee's remains conclude that her bones had spent many months there. Like he couldn't have placed uh, it there. Okay. And the plants growing through the bags that she was in and in and around the skull and bones there. Like literally there was plant roots throughout the entire thing. So it had been there like, a lot right. months. Yeah. So even a forensic pathologist from the scene of Kaylee's body discovered claimed that the bones had been there months and months from the mountain depth of roots. So, what do we do? They go off to the medical examiner to All see, right. like, how much growth could have been there. Were the bones easily identified as Kaylee due? So, this is wild. The bones were easily identified as Kaylee's due to the DNA they found in her bones. They also explain manner versus cause of death, which I didn't know they were two different things. The manner of death and the cause of death. Hmm. The cause of death is literally how someone died. Heart attack, stabbing. Etc. Etc. The manner of death is the opinion of the medical examiner in which how they believed how they died: homicide, suicide, accident, natural. Huh. So, like your manner of death or cause of death was a heart attack, but the manner was natural, right? Like the uh, cause no of death play, was stabbing; whatever. the manner was homicide. Like Got you know it. what I mean? Got it. So there isn't a direct answer. To what is undetermined. Like, you know how sometimes they say, like, undetermined. The manner yeah. of death is undetermined. The Emmy believed that for Kaylee, that it was a homicide by undetermined means. And the reason by that is they could just find her bones. Right. There's no way they have to no find idea. out how she died. But the smoking gun on this is the duct tape found on the body. I mean, it means, it means something. So the duct tape was placed on the body... Um, before her death or immediately following her death and it was over her it was wild so they show it because when you hear like oh there was duct tape over her mouth you just think like it was on her mouth yeah just one piece but they measured the pieces of duct tape and they were over nine inches in length oh so like it they put it on so they brought in a skull that had to be like like almost around her entire head it was like a skull of a replica of her of her skull, which was like kind of sad to see. Each piece of duct tape went from like the crown of her head all the way around her face. Like her entire yeah, had to face be. was covered a in duct kid, tape. Sure. From her eyebrows to her chin, just duct taped around her whole head. There was wow. three pieces of nine inch duct tape. Fucking scumbag. Like, so there was no, they think like she died of, she couldn't breathe. Asphyxiation. They also say that it shows almost that it had to have been someone that knows her because they covered her face because of remorse and guilt. Like the BAU analysis is like, they don't want to see her. So they think that this is also points towards that Kaylee Casey did it. Sure. Right. But it's hard to know if if it was the cause of death. Like all of this is kind of crazy. So prior to the discovery of the remains, the prosecution was saying that Kaylee had died of chloroform. But now, with the duct tape found on the skull, this theory was evolved. Okay. They now believe that chloroform was used to sedate her, but that duct tape was the murder weapon. 
The defense argued otherwise. Really? What they, do they say, say with the prosecution going back and forth over cause of death, they just show that they have no idea how or who killed Kaylee. Also, there were experts for the defense that said that the duct tape appeared to be on the body post mortem. However, the Emmy in Florida says that if you try to put duct tape on a decomposed body, especially in Florida, it it's won't not stay. stay. Due to the heat and water humidity, in the area that yeah. the body was found, the, it would have deteriorated in like 10 days to a month. And it would have come off very e- easily. This has been placed on her before death and stayed on. So with Kaylee's body now found, the police executed a search warrant of the K- Anthony's home. I'm surprised it took that like for them that to find long day it, of a ser- to get search it. warrant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And left with other two boxes of new evidence. Her remains were discovered with a Winnie the Pooh blanket in two garbage bags and then in a canvas bag. And it was like a canvas laundry bag. Okay. So it would so like if you were carrying it outside, it just looks like you're doing laundry. Sure. You know? Because their body would have I mean it's big enough where it would right. have not been seen from that right. outside. So it was found that the duct tape from Kaylee's skull, the detectives believe they found the role it came from within the Anthony's home. They also found two matching canvas laundry bags that match the canvas bag that Kaylee's body was found in, and it was originally sold in sets of three. Like when they go back and look at like the sale of these three of these item bags, you okay. can only buy them in sets of three. Why is that significant? Two. Oh, they found two in the hall. Two. The other one. Got it. Jesus Christ. Okay, I wasn't connecting the fucking dots. <laughs> Give me a you break. Never be a detective. Jesus. <laughs> So all of this linked back to Anthony's home, but there was no direct evidence linking Casey to it or anyone in the Anthony's family to Kaylee's death. Well, they blamed George. So someone just broke in, stole the duct tape and the bag. And right. Took it, it like, from their house. Understand. So the hard part is that there was no DNA recovered on the duct tape because of how long the body was in the elements with like water and plastic bags, etc. Getting DNA just wasn't possible. Getting DNA from the skeleton remains... Um, is much different than getting DNA from like clothes or duct tape. So a big defense claim was why isn't there DNA? Um, but there just was not enough. The FBI searched and it came back negative for any of Casey's DNA. The prosecution believes that they had enough to go for capital murder with the death penalty. Which was really bold based on a lot of the evidence they didn't Sure. Have. I feel like if they had went lower, they would they have. They probably died. would have got like yeah. man two right. maybe, or murder two. It's like, yeah. So now the prosecution has to prove premeditation as well as without a shred of a doubt that she did it. But they literally at this point still could not say how she died or when she died. Yeah, Just that's like, rough. This is rough. Yeah. I don't know why they went this route. Pretty big risk. But the defense had a narrative in their own story. They said that Kaylee had drowned in the family swimming pool and Casey was just trying to cover up an accident that snowballed out of control. So this is how it was like kind of presented at trial, which like, first of all, the trial is so fucking wild. The whole country was screaming that Casey was guilty. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone, I don't think there was anyone in out they there thought that she said wasn't. not guilty yeah like you know what i mean like they show it like the courts and all the people outside protesting and yeah. like and there's it's just guilty 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 there's no one out there that's like on the other free side casey of it. Yeah. yeah but yeah like saying free casey yeah. you know or let donna martin graduate 
And what's wild in this, what did you just say? I said, or let Donna Martin graduate. Stop. <laughs> did you watch 90210? I never saw then? that <gasps> on 90210. What, why couldn't she graduate? Uh, I think she... Sex crime? No, no. I think it was... Dr- I think she got drunk at prom. Oh. I think that's what it was. There was a huge protest outside the school, Beverly Hills <laughs> High School. Let Donna Martin graduate. Let Donna Martin graduate. Did that? Yeah. Oh On the God. show, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, I know. I yeah. know it's not real life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did they Did they let her graduate? Yeah, yeah I think so. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Okay. But what's wild in this case, which I didn't know about either, something called the Sunshine Law in Florida. Everything everything in any case is public. Photos from the crime scene, all of the taped interviews, all of their depositions, the 911 calls, all of it. Really? So literally the entire world has access to the same material that the defense and prosecution has. No shit. So how are they going to find an impartial jury? They're not. They're not. They had to bring in people from like across the state to even try to find one, which was like, that's wild to me. Yeah. However, at the same time, it's like, I knew nothing about it. So fair. (laughs) But you're in New York. If you were in Florida. Yeah, I know. Right. It might have been more top of mind. So the defense lays out what they believed happened. Okay. They say that Kaylee drowned in the family pool and George, the grandfather, discovered her body like in the pool. He pulls her out, carries her inside. When he's rounding the corner in the hallway, Casey sees them, and he, she sees George holding Kaylee, and he immediately starts screaming, look at what you've done. Your mother will never forgive you. How could you have like not watched paid her, paid yeah, attention? Yeah, yeah. You're a horrible mother. She's crying and crying and asking for her father's help. It was then that George did help, and soon the body disappeared. And they're saying because of his background with police, police. and being a police officer, he, he knows where how to hide, to hide a body. But there's really no proof of George's involvement either. However, the defense looked into George's life, and he found an affair that George was having during the time that Kaylee was missing. When he was supposed to be out looking for Kaylee and her and like on search parties, instead he was out having this affair. What? George denies any allegations of this affair with her. And also the woman on trial says that she that George had told her that it was an accident that snowballed out of control. Oh. He claims this conversation never happened. Interesting. Also during this time after Kaylee disappeared, George drove to a motel and tried to commit suicide. He wrote a six-page suicide letter. Um, police were able to track him down by, like, cell phone records and take him to the hospital. And his suicide note was added into evidence of the trial, which is crazy because then everyone in Florida could fucking read it. Oh, that is crazy. So th- the defense used the evidence theory that it was George who disposed of the body in the woods. And in the letter, he says he blames himself for be- for Kaylee being gone, but he didn't say how like he doesn't say by like murder or accident he just says for her being gone he said in the letter he never got to say goodbye to kaylee and here he comes the prosecution says that the letter shows the opposite the note shows guilt and regret but nothing that he had helped actually or done kaylee. it yeah and if he was going to kill himself and be with god and kaylee why wouldn't he just admit to it like they sure. say like he would have put it in there just, if he was killing himself yeah just saw it. And clear his daughter's name, which makes sense, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So in the end, the letter just raised more questions than answers sure, to didn't be true. Much. Yeah. So on June 21st, um, this guy, Bradley, discovered that there was a flaw in his software that misread the forensic data and that the word chloroform had been searched only one time because they kept saying like it was searched repeatedly. And the website in question offered information on the use of chloroform in the 19th century. And because Kaylee said that she was looking into it for a course she was taking at a college that she was likely in. story on June 23rd, the defense called Cindy Anthony to the stand who told jurors she had been the one who performed the chloroform search on the family computer on March 28th or Mar- in March 2008. The prosecution alleged that only Casey could have conducted this search and the because she was the only one home at the time. The one prosecutors um, asked how she could have made the internet searchers when employment records show she was at work. Cindy Anthony said, despite what her work time she indicates, she was at home during these time periods because she left from work early during the day in question. Which I find kind of strange, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So one thing that was also brought up in trial too um, was why Casey Anthony went on with her life and failed to report the incident for 31 days. Why is that? The defense alleged what it was a habit of a lifetime for Casey to hide her pain and pretend nothing was wrong because she had been sexually abused by George Anthony since she was eight years old. And her brother Lee also had made advances toward her before closing arguments. Judge Perry ruled that the defense could argue that a drowning occurred due to reasonable conclusions aided by witness testimony, but that arguing sexual abuse was not allowed since there was nothing to support the claim that George or her brother had ever sexually abused. Yeah. I remember that coming out at the, I do remember that coming out at the end. I remember that coming out at the end and I just remember being like, how could you do it to your parents? Like there was nothing. And like, after what they did, like kind of raising your kids for so long. And I I struggle because it's like, did, I don't know, did something happen? Was she a victim? You don't know. You don't want to like, like question a victim. But at the same time, is she making her father a victim of false allegations? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. On July 5th, 2011, the jury found Casey not guilty Mm. of counts one through three regarding first degree murder, aggravated manslaughter of a child, and aggravated child abuse, while finding her guilty on counts four through seven for providing false information for law enforcement. Count four, Casey said she was employed at Universal Studios during 2008, pursuant to the investigation of a missing persons report. Count five, Anthony said she had left Kaylee at an apartment complex with a babysitter, causing law enforcement to pursue the missing babysitter. Count six, Anthony said she informed two employees of Universal Studios, Jeff Hopkins and Juliette Lewis, of her disappearance of Kaylee, which proved to be false. Count seven, Anthony said she had received a phone call and spoke to Kaylee on July 15th, 2008, causing law enforcement to expend further resources. All of those were lies. On July 7th, 2011... Um, sentencing arguments were heard. The defense asked for the sentencing to be based on one count of lying on the grounds that the offense occurred as part of a single interview with police dealing with the same matter, the disappearance of her daughter, as one continues to, as one continuous lie. The defense also argues for concurrent sentences, that is for all counts to become one count and the sentence to run together as one. 
The judge disagreed with defense arguments, finding that Anthony's statement consistent of four distinct separate lies, ordered the sentences to be served consecutively, noting that law enforcement expended a great deal of time, energy, and manpower looking for Kaylee Marie Anthony. So judge sentenced Casey to one year in county jail and $1,000 in fines for each of the four counts of providing false information to law enforcement, the maximum penalty prescribed by law. She received 1,040 days credit for time served, plus additional credit for good behavior, resulting in her release on July 17th, 2011. Like, that is the smoking gun for me, is all of the misleading of police. That's what I mean. Why do that? If you want your daughter to be found, why did you do that? Not only that, like, if you know that it was an accident. Right. At that point, why don't you just tell the truth? Yeah. Like, it's that, that to me, does not reflect the actions of a right. not of an innocent person yeah so on september 2011 um complying with the florida statute requiring judges to assess investigative and prosecution costs if requested by a state agency it ruled that casey anthony must pay two hundred and seventeen thousand dollars to the state of florida wow he ruled she had to pay those costs directly related to lying to the law enforcement about the death of kaylee including search costs um, but only up to September 30th, 2008, when the sheriff's office stopped investigating a missing child case. In earlier arguments, Mason had called the prosecution's attempts to exact the larger sum sour grapes because the prosecution lost the case. Whatever. Ugh. In January 2013, a Florida appeals court reduced her convictions from four to two counts. Her her attorney had argued that her false statements constituted a single offense. However, the appeals court noted she gave false information during two separate police interviews several hours apart. Mm. So this is wild because this is kind of coming up again because there's been reports that she wants to have another child. (sighs) Can't stop her. Like, I don't know, man. If it wasn't, like you said, if it wasn't an accident, why did you cover it up like that? And why, why wouldn't, wouldn't she just... be telling her story? Right. Like right now, like I feel like if it was an accident, she would have given an interview. She would have right. talked about it. Right. I guess I don't know for sure, but I don't know. If you really had no part in it. Like what happened to her? Why did you put duct tape over her face, face. if it was an accident? Sure. Are you trying to make it look like she was taken and kidnapped and killed so and then threw her in the thing? Yeah. I don't know. It seems pretty shady. It seems shady really AF. shady to me. What do you guys think? Let do us you guys know. think she did it? This is one where I'm like, she for sure did me it. Me too. Agreed. Like, do what? I think Scott Peterson is not guilty? Yes. yes. <laughs> do I do I know who killed John Bonet? No. But like Casey Anthony did it. I agree. She is. Guilty. Guilty. Witch. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, let us know what you think in our Facebook group. It just makes sense. Facebook discussion group. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram at WZWSamandTheBuff. You can follow the podcast at It Just Makes Sense Podcast. Follow me at Jeff Seif on Twitter. 1F Jeff. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.